0: Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode number 67. And tonight's guest is Jana Rumney. And Jana has been in law enforcement for a little over four years. So we get to sit down and talk to her about how much the job has changed um, in that short amount of time and the things that she has gone through. We have a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. So here we go, episode number sixty-seven of the Washdown Podcast with special guest Jana
1: Romney. Balance. Um, mm-hmm. um, shine down, simple man. Just insane. Probably the greatest cover
0: ever. I can't think of one off the top of my head that's better. I.
2: <sighs> I don't know. Have you heard Bad Wolf
0: Zombie?
2: I was about to say cranberries I mean, are good, but. Yeah, the Bad Wolves version is really good.
0: <laughs> it, it it is really good, but I don't know. Just for my money, that Shine Down cover. I, is... I don't. Yeah, I
1: don't disagree. It's just like it's powerful. Like,
0: yeah. Well, that was because his voice was just ridiculous back then.
1: Yeah, I don't. Oh, damn. And the Foo Fighters drummer died. Mm. I did. Did you read his talk screen? Mm. Uh huh. <laughs> it, they should have just listed what wasn't <laughs> in his bloodstream. I was like, oh, so you died peacefully. Got it. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> have you Natural been to a Foo Fighters concert?
1: Uh, I have not. That is one band that I have not seen. I've been
2: twice. It was amazing. Did Both you go times. to the
1: one where the like eight-year-old played Metallica on stage?
2: So they do that at almost like every concert, but yes, at Sprint Center, yeah. when it was still Sprint Center, yes. It was amazing.
1: I <laughs> He played the show. It was a... Uh, Inter Sandman so so I started playing. Yes, it, I after, think it was a ten-year-old. Uh, but well, yes. I, saw, I saw the
0: one where uh, they had the little girl come up and play the drums with them for one of their songs. Mm-hmm. That was pretty awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But
1: yeah, <laughs> we need the to start sand. music. We need to start a music podcast now. We can do it with Janice. She's like, she's yeah. well versed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's actually schooled in music.
2: Yeah, but not the music that anybody likes to listen to, unless you like to listen to opera. Mm,
0: You're Mm. out. I already saw you shake your
2: head. You're out. Yeah, probably.
0: Classical Classical is not the same as opera. Fair.
1: I have a a weird range. It's either classical, Mm -hmm. 90s country, Mm -hmm. or emo. I still have yet to graduate from that phase.
2: You know, Avril Lavigne just came out with a new CD.
1: Yeah, and I was,
2: uh, Oh, God. It's, like, literally the same like, as all her other stuff. I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is, but, like...
2: <laughs> she hasn't changed one single bit, and I love it.
1: Yeah. I, well... It felt a little more mainstream than her old albums. Just a little. I wouldn't know. It It felt, like, not as bad as Panic! at the Disco went, but not far from it. Like old panic versus new panic, night and day. They sold out when they did a Disney cover.
2: <laughs> hey, just, don't knock Disney. Oh, I'm not. I could still get down to Disney.
1: I literally just watched the Corella movie last night. Station. Hmm? It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. Oh, uh, The live action one. Yeah, how she yeah. didn't like legit. How she did not get at least a nomination for best actress and that. Speaking of, did you hear about the Oscars yesterday? Did I see it? Yes, I did. <laughs> And have I saved approximately 77 memes today? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I, I saw
0: that they were talking about that, and I was like, no, they must have been playing somehow. And then it was like, no, he was not playing. No, everyone was like, he was joking. I'm
1: like, did you hear the sound of that? Yeah. Like, I, I had to re- well, watch it like 20 times, because so I thought he punched him by the sound. Well, there's tricks. As far as... Unless he did, like, like just one of these. He slapped him. I know, but that sounded like... That was a thud.
0: Yeah. That would not a slug. So, if you... I know that you're redneck enough and country enough that you've watched them wrestling. So, you know, whenever they slap each other, like, the sound that you really hear is them hitting themselves. Because you'll notice they'll swing. And there's always a delay in the sound, yeah. Yeah. But it's... They smack their own chest whenever they're hitting the other guy. And that's where the sound comes from. So, I, I thought initially that that's what it was until I watched all the stuff that got cut out here in America that they didn't cut out in Australia. <laughs> Whenever he told Chris Rock, keep my wife's name at your fucking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. That was a, uh, that was not a joke. I just thought of a new name for our
1: podcast of us three. What is it with you and rebranding? Two rednecks and a redhead. <laughs> Two rednecks and a redhead. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, you are
0: factually accurate. So, Jana, rethinking life choices about coming on the podcast.
2: You know. No.
0: <laughs> like she had anything better to do. <laughs> That's true. Wait on yeah. a Jeep that Except ain't coming in. <laughs> well, that is, that At least it's true. not a
1: Bronco. Hey no shit. You get that about quarter past never. <laughs> I was talking to the captain today after our eboard and he was like, yeah get hold of you. I think Broncos coming in soon. I said you've been saying that for a year, bro. Yeah, holler holler at me when it's actually here. <laughs> Tell me about the pain. Show me the baby. Let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well, Not thanks for one. thanks for coming on the show. Of course. So why don't we start off with a little bit of your background, and then we'll kind of go from there. So I know we've alluded to the whole music thing, but how did you go from music to law enforcement?
2: So, um, like I said, I started as a music major and obviously I got like two, two and a half years through it, made a lot of friends doing that. I had a friend whose husband was on the campus police department about this time. I decided that I wanted to move off campus. Um, I needed a job to obviously pay for, uh, (laughs) my home. So he got me a job as a dispatcher. Um, so, and I love doing that. I got such a rush from that, even just being behind the phone and on the on the mic. It was much more fun than being in music. And so I kind of did some soul searching, decided that music was no longer the route that I wanted to go. And I thought that I wanted to do some form of law enforcement, whether that was still dispatching or being a police officer. So I switched my major to communications entirely and then um, started looking at police academies. Um, did a bunch of ride-alongs with the Highway Patrol. Um, Thank God you're not a trooper. I know. Their hats are so cool, though. <laughs> and shiny boots. And, yeah, and they get their own cars. Yeah. But, yeah. Ultimately, I ended up coming to the big city to uh,
1: work here. You know, I got a state trooper friend. I think we need to have him on so I can just hammer him for an hour.
0: <laughs> Somehow I did do not think that's going to go well for you. I'll no, he probably write me
1: a fucking ticket. Just sitting here,
2: he'll find something. <laughs>
1: yeah, hat crooked, three hundred dollars fine. Fuck yeah. you, dude. State statute twenty seven fifty four <laughs> says I must issue you a ticket.
0: <laughs> we say that jokingly if there are any state troopers watching. I, this I show. don't. <laughs> I don't. Fuck you
1: guys. I love you, but you're all assholes.
0: <laughs> I will say so. Just a quick sidebar on that. That's one of the most, one of the maddest times that I've ever been on the fire department involved a state trooper. We had a woman that had a wreck and she was completely out of it. Of course, you don't know why. It could have been alcohol. It could have been blood sugar. The PCP. Yeah. We don't know why, but so we finally get her extricated from the car, carry her up. 100 foot embankment get her into the back of the ambulance and of course she's freaking out and we're getting her calmed down and as soon as we had gotten her calmed down the back doors of the ambulance just come flying open and this fuck face with a mount me hat on climbs up into the back of the ambulance and goes you're under arrest for dui but like has not administered a field sobriety test nothing he's just you crashed your car you're drunk like, you haven't been within 15 feet of her, so, I mean, you must be, like, the best fucking human. They're, dude, they th-
1: are implanted. So, they're machines. But, yeah. Made in Jeff City. <laughs> that they put skin and uniforms on and send out in the field. They're, they're the t they have Yeah, they have scent detectors <laughs> <laughs> that pick things up so, from nine
0: miles away. But anyway, so she freaks out, and he handcuffs her to the cot and everything, and... You know, we're in the back of the ambulance with her as she's freaking out all the way to the hospital. And this happened well north of us. So it's a long ride.
1: Upper trooper country. Yeah.
0: It's a long ride down to the closest hospital that we get to go to in that situation. And so, yeah, that was a nice 20 to 25 minute ride of trying to get her to calm down. And explaining to her what was
1: actually going to happen. That's how I am. You got to know your trooper country. Yeah. Like, up north, like, just to pass the airport, it's fair game. Yeah. We do the speed limit. Same mm-hmm. like when I cross the river, every time I come home, I cross the river, there's one sitting just on the other side of the bridge, and then I do the speed limit until I hit the split, and then it's back to 20 over.
2: <laughs> Good thing I'm not a traffic cop. Yeah. You Be can. careful, because they will write you, too.
1: Yeah, I know. They don't care. No, mm-hmm. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh,
0: no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know that was my state trooper story. Probably didn't need to share that, but. But thank you for not becoming one. Yeah.
2: You're welcome. I think I would have been paid better.
1: Uh, It would have been safer. So, I don't know about safer, no, but I, mean, I would have been
2: paid better.
0: They work by themselves quite a bit. And I know back home in louisiana the state troopers at least whenever ever, i
1: was growing up have you ever popped the trunk of a state trooper car
0: can i finish my thought they have
1: grenade launchers and rocket launchers <laughs> maybe they up have here, they many do. sam missiles pop out of the trunk of their okay. car they're fine okay
0: <laughs> but back home in louisiana the state troopers actually didn't make that much money they made less than the city cops hmm. and they had to live wherever the state told them to live So, you know, if it's like your quadrant is northwest, then you got to go live in the northwest quadrant and regardless of, you know, so you're, you know how we're citywide? (laughs) They're statewide. So.
1: So you didn't become a state trooper. I did not. How many police departments you apply for?
2: Two. And I got, I, this process I was getting shoved through a little bit quicker And I got to do um, a ride-along with them quite a bit quicker, and I fell in love with it immediately, probably because of the officer that I rode with was amazing. But I withdrew my application (laughs) with the Highway Patrol because it was going so well here. So I put all my eggs in one basket, which I probably shouldn't have done, but it it ended up well.
1: I thought you just did a ride-along. I didn't know your dumbass actually applied there. Mm -hmm. I I did. I did. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So. How long have you been here now? <laughs>
2: um, it'll be f- mm, close to five years now.
1: Well, see, I thought we came on at the same, pretty much the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So what else do you do?
2: Mm, I love to play with my dogs a ton. I have four, so... Are they your only friends? Yes. Only yeah, ones. Understandable. <laughs> dogs are better than humans, so let's get real. They don't... Not
1: a single person will argue without, yeah, with Yeah. No. That.
2: I mean, they talk back, but they don't talk back. Yeah. So... That's lovely. No. Um, I love to hang out with my friends. I love to work out. CrossFit's my thing. Um, Mine but, too. Yeah. Love it. Yeah.
1: I could tell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I've been on my soapbox about CrossFit before. I'm not
1: going to get back on it. <laughs> it's like my favorite TikTok. Like, oh, I'm so tired from CrossFit. They're pronounced croissants, and you've had four of them. (laughs) I used
2: to be a runner, so, I mean, lifting is way more fun than Mm -hmm. running.
0: You know how you know if somebody does CrossFit?
2: They talk about it all the time.
0: Wait 10 seconds. They'll tell you.
1: (laughs) 13 minutes. We made it 13 minutes (laughs) in the podcast. She she told us about (laughs) CrossFit. (laughs) I think that's restraint. Yeah, that's actually not bad. We'll see how many...
2: I'm also still pretty new to it, so...
1: She said it twice. Let's see how many CrossFits we can get in this podcast.
2: There should be whiskey in here, and we can just take a sip every time we hear the word that I'm not going to say.
1: You never let me bring whiskey.
2: I said there should be. There's not any in there. Oh.
1: Why would I... (laughs) Have you ever watched the podcast? Our ratings would either tank or skyrocket. There's nothing in between. (laughs) And my wife would kill me. <laughs> uh, you are recently engaged? I am. Idiot. I'm just kidding. We actually like him.
2: <laughs> he's been here twice. I know. And you just brought me on.
1: And we like him more.
2: I know. I can tell. He's. Um, I'm like and, and, walking out the door and he goes, hey, tell my boys I said hi. Like,
1: so in my defense, <laughs> I didn't what? even
0: know you existed until the last time that he came on. And he's like, hey, Ooh. I got engaged.
2: Ooh. He's
0: in trouble.
1: So. Sorry, Scott. Jeremy just fucked you. Hey, he's not going (laughs) to know it was me until. Two weeks? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Three weeks. (laughs) Then I'll get a text message. (laughs) One of the reasons I wanted to have you on, and and I was talking with it with Jeremy about, um, you and Scott work for the same department. Mm -hmm. It is a very busy department. Yep. You both are in specialty units of this department. Mm-hmm. What well, we were kind of curious is like, you know, there's the, the very easy like cop marries a nurse, cop marries a firefighter, firefighter marries a nurse. Like we just seem to interbreed amongst each other. Um, but th- kind of just take us into the mind of like with you guys both being specialty units, schedules being weird, being very busy, working for the same department. How, what does a relationship like that look like?
2: Well, you have to be really intentional with everything that you do. So he works a day shift, which is typically like 8 to 5, and I work PMs, which is 2 p.m. to midnight. So on the days that we both work, which is most of the days, I don't see him at all. Like I I will come home, go to bed, and he'll be in bed already, and then he will wake me up with his alarms, and then he's off at work, and then that's it. So um, managing your schedules is huge to like make anything work, obviously, but especially, um, that, especially since he's got kids. So, um, his days off are normally like with the kids, we have the kids. And so there's not a lot of time that we get to just be Scott and Jana. Um, so I am a super planner. He's not a super planner. So (laughs) I have everything written out on a paper calendar. Like, Oh, look, this day we have off, but Riley has dance or this day we have off. And Owen's got baseball, but, um yeah so being intentional and being a planner is what it makes it work currently
1: what's it like and something I was kind of curious on do you have is it always are you always talking shop like how when you guys are both as in invested in your careers are you, is there time to be Scott and Jana or are you always cop Scott and cop Jana uh, there's
2: there definitely has to be a balance it's nice that i can talk to him about issues that i have or stuff that i've seen on the job or whatever it's nice that i can go to him and talk to that talk to him about that but it's also nice to just completely separate that so when we just have scott and Gina time for the most part it's just us being us outside of the job so like we just started breaking bad which is still kind of like a police thing, but not a police thing. Um, We just started watching that. That's not a
0: police thing at all. (laughs) It's the opposite.
2: It's exactly what he goes after. But (laughs) but it's like we do those things. Like Yellowstone was our big thing for a while. Yeah, right. So still waiting for season five of that. But like we have found ways to um, get away from the job because, I mean, if I just talk about the job all the time. I'm going to burn out really quickly. I'm going to be annoyed with him because I don't want to talk about the job all the time, but
0: well, I mean, here's the silver lining and the bright side. You guys have now discovered jeeping.
2: Yes. You're so I, fucked. I <laughs> I still haven't been on a jeeping adventure aside from hey. the road. So, I mean, you can talk to your boy about that.
0: Hey, I invited him and he should have passed it along to you. I agree. And I invited him as well. He's in the And dog I house. passed it along to you.
2: I know. He's in the doghouse.
0: So we're going at the end of April. Just a quick trip down to Arkansas. And then we may do something in July, but I don't
1: know. That's up in the air. But I'm then Septem-
0: to... September, we're going to the Rubicon.
1: 7th through 11th, you can come to Colorado. Told him to. What month? July. Oh, July. <laughs> I was going to say. That's very important, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I i was kind of curious because it just seems like, especially in law enforcement right now, I hate to use the word toxic, but it does not seem like a very optimistic lifestyle and career right now. So, like, that's what I was curious of how you guys do balance that, like, just very strenuous, under the microscope, negative, unfortunately, career, but then still still find time to put a smile on as a couple?
2: So it is really hard. Um, We are both fortunate in the positions that we're in right now that we're not answering 911 calls unless we want to. Um, Like in my position, I'm strictly going after the bad guy, somebody who we've identified um, as being the perpetrator of a crime or somebody that Uh, Another specialized unit passes along to us as having a warrant or something like that's all that I do. So I don't have to necessarily I'm not stopping cars every day. I'm not answering 911 calls about the homeless guy that's passed out on the corner. Like I'm not having to deal with the public a lot anymore. And he also doesn't have to deal with that. At the beginning of our relationship, it was hard because we were doing the protest deal. We as an I was doing the protest deal, and he was <laughs> he was in a parking lot because you can't you can't bring your canine to a protest. But, so that was hard. Seems less
0: than ideal.
2: Right, right. That was hard for me, and we talked about it a lot because it was hard for me because all these things were getting hurled at me, literally and figuratively. Things were being hurled at me. Insults, bottles, rocks, fireworks.
1: How many times did you get beans. called a white devil? That's what I'm curious about.
2: I didn't get called that ever. There oh. were... Lots of other things that I just won't mention right now, but White Devil was not one of them. But so it was interesting for us during that time because while he I have had a black guys, friend, I
1: swear. <laughs> His name is James. Look at him here. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here! I need your help. Shit.
2: <laughs> Weren't you guys having like rocks thrown at you? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah
1: they say, hate us too. <laughs> yeah. I
2: was gonna say I thought we had to like escort you at one point. Yep. but-
0: Yeah, they smashed in the window of one of the chief's buggies. The guy had a knee blown out with a brick. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: Just fuck us, right?
0: (laughs) The people that were doing that kind of stuff, though, they were not down there for social justice or reform. They were rioters. Right. And, I mean, you look at any major city during that time where you had extensive extended riots. The people that were arrested and all of that stuff they were never from those cities. Yeah. It was, I mean, I think somebody coined the term uh, tour, rioting tourism, which was basically what it was. They would have pallets of bricks and all kinds of crap dropped off from who knows where and they'd just shuttle from city to city. Hey, we'll riot here till you get arrested, and then we'll just move on to the next one.
1: Did Scott ever tell you about the time he came to visit me at the station a while back? Mm-mm. So... It was before him and we went to on our trip the first time and uh, a couple weeks before and he was coming to hang out. He like just got the Jeep. We were just bullshitting about it and <laughs> we kept getting stage for PD calls and one of them was like, <laughs> a, the first one was right across the street at the bus stop.
2: Mm. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. And it was like stage for PD on a no-no and he's like, Is it, you got a call? And I was like, no, we got to wait for PD. And I was like, wait drive your ass over there and see what the fuck's going on <laughs> he's like really I said, yeah i'm not fucking waiting for whoever just go over there
2: and it was probably nothing
1: yeah and, and he goes over it goes back it was nothing and, and i was like okay now, now you have to tell your dispatch to cancel us and he's like "Huh?" i was like did you forget to do this
2: yes yes he did
1: <laughs> and so
2: <laughs> he hasn't been answering calls in a long long time
1: and so then like i shit you not like 10 minutes later we get another one like four blocks away. And he's like, you got to go. And I'm like, you got to go. <laughs> Let me know what's up. <laughs> I just kept oh, shuttling him out. <laughs> He'd come back and be like, nothing. I'm like, okay, tell your dispatching." Like, we know how to do this. And then one lady, like, we kept getting calls. I think it's like three of those calls actually were like somebody was high on PCP naked running around. Because we got three different calls at three different locations, so she was there. She just was fucking fast. <laughs> because we never found PCP her. does
2: yeah. that. Superhuman strength, <laughs> yeah. speed.
0: Yeah. Oh. So I, I kind of want to talk about the whole staging for calls thing a little bit, and I don't know if you read the new um, fire lines or whatever the international sends out the firefighter monthly whatever you it's lost called.
1: me at the word read but continue
0: okay <laughs> figured college boy might have read something i mean we had to read in my college so
1: podunk state yes
0: <laughs> continue yeah um so i guess in arizona and somewhere else they had with the arizona thing really stands out they had a, a house fire going they had an ambulance right around the corner, staged for something. I don't know what. Some guy came up and shot the ambulance up, shot the one guy in the head and the other guy a couple times. Then went around the corner to the house fire and started shooting people, the firefighters. And then somebody else set a fire on a dumpster, and I think it was maybe somewhere in California. And when the firefighters showed up, they got ambushed and shot. What's happened here? It's like, how serious do we need to be taking that? Like, you know, is I, this something that I mean, because those were two incidences very close. So is this like becoming a trend now? It,
1: it's, it's interesting because I, and I'm not talking to share, like, it, all jokes aside, but there is like almost an enhanced level of it, it's different. Like, they don't know what they're pulling over when they pull over a car. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You could walk up to the window and there could be a gun there waiting for you. It's like we don't know what we're waiting for when we walk into a house fire. Right. The problem is though, like, if my cop car gets shot up, I have the opportunity, it may not last very long, to pull out my firearm and attempt to return fire in defense of my life.
2: And you have the means to do it. I mean, you could throw if my an axe at somebody. ambulance but... gets yeah.
1: shot up, I can scream and yell and maybe throw my radio at you.
2: (laughs) Hit him with the ambulance.
1: You know, so there's just, and I I, I don't know how well that's. You can deal
2: with the lawsuit (laughs) later. Go home. Hit him with the ambulance.
1: (laughs) Don't tell him that. We can't discuss hitting people with fire apparatuses right now. Yeah.
2: Okay, fair. It's a little too soon. Sorry. Sorry. I forgot about that. Uh... (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, but no, I, it scares me that like, cause there are the people that prey on the vulnerable. We've had it happen here in Kansas city. We've, there's a medic that just retired that I like, think still had a bullet in her hit. Yeah. Pull up on a normal house fire. Like he just don't know. Yeah. And like the only thing we had to protect us is a 25 foot, 30,000 pound wall. If you can get behind it fast enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's just. I hope that the vulnerable don't start – the chaos causers just start realizing that because the people suffer from it. So we're just going to say, nah, we're not even – nope. You see just police cars escorting fire trucks around. Hmm. Well,
0: yeah, but what does that do to their readiness and capabilities too? If on every single call we have to have a police escort. Yeah. So I, And I just – wanted to bring it up. I don't have a solution or, like, an agenda or anything like that. I just kind of wanted to get you guys' thoughts on it.
1: Take me into your mind, Jana, especially back during the protests here. I mean, what was your... You were in love with being a cop. You got into dispatch. You were sucked in. You're like, this is it. Did you still have that same fucking enthusiasm? This shit and urine... And insults were getting hurled at you by complete fucking strangers.
2: So day one and day two? Yes. Because there were people in the crowd that actually wanted to have a conversation and wanted to, like, problem solve on how we can fix the relationship. The other 13 days straight after that? No. I was like... God, I should go back to school and
0: finish my degree. Like what what am I, I doing here? Up.
2: Right. This is this Poor is wrong. Life abort, abort. Like
0: <laughs> I could be standing on a stage singing opera right now. Right,
2: right, right. Yeah. Um, so days one and two, yes. The other thirteen, no. Um, and then it got a little bit better um because we weren't dealing with protests every single night. We were just getting called to the occasional like Friday night protests. Um, then we had an officer shot. Actually we had two officers shot that day. And I remember calling my mom and I was like, why am I doing this? Like, what the heck? And we went in early that night because it was absolute chaos. Um, And then the camaraderie, like going in early with all of your buddies who are also going in early. Nobody wanted to go in early. But we also wanted to see that officer do okay. And we didn't want the whole city to implode. And like that sense of teamwork and family. That, that's what really drew me to this. And so after that, it was renewed a little bit. I was still like, I mean, you get to call it McDonald's and you can get shot in the head. Like, why the heck am I doing this? But I'm doing it because of the people that I'm standing by, not necessarily me or dude in the drive-thru all the time. It's the family here that I have with me because I know that they would take a bullet for me or my partner. So that's that renewed it. I've had, I've made really good friends on this police department. I've got my fiance on this police department. So since then it's been rough, but I've never been like, "Mm, I'm going to quit. I can't do this anymore. Like it's, I have not. But so many officers have. Yes.
1: Like that's what's scary is that they probably still have the same enthusiasm and motivation as you.
2: Yes. And it's okay that they did quit or that they plan on quitting because it's not for everybody. It really isn't. And if your heart isn't in it, then you're not in it, and somebody could potentially get hurt. And nobody wants to be in that situation. So as much as you want to be a police officer and you want to help other people, if you're not fully invested, then it's just not for you.
1: And, you know, it's almost, I think we talked about this on the podcast before, it's almost like false advertising when it comes to recruiting. Because when you came on, it was like, hey, you're going to help the public, and you're going to put bad guys in jail. Drive fast cars. Yeah. And now it's like, just maybe ride them a ticket, but not if they're black, and uh, don't, no, don't do that, and don't blink twice or you're going to go to jail. Like, oh, and then they're going to throw urine on you and call you a racist bitch. But they pay good. Like, right. It is not what it was fucking advertised as. I-
2: right, but if they advertise it, as what it is, then you would never hire anybody. Because nobody would be crazy enough to be like, yeah, I want piss all over me.
1: And tell me all about the record hiring numbers you're getting too. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. we're, trying. well we're trying. you know what I mean? Like it's
2: Yes, yeah. No. I mean people
1: are catching on. <laughs> we
2: haven't we haven't hired like anybody in two years. So we just put a class through, right? They just graduated last Thursday, thank God. And we have another class that's going through now that'll graduate sometime late summer, early fall, I think. So we're all really excited about them because we haven't had new people in a long time like half of my time on the department which really isn't that long but that's a long time to not have new officers we
0: went through the same thing on the fire department there for a few years they we just they're like no we're not hiring anybody else you guys just deal with it how it is and you know i think that was probably right about the time that we really started seeing you know, our overtime and stuff kind of starting to get out of control. Mm. And then, but it was during that period of time where we were kind of in a recession. Right. So, you know, everybody's hurting, cities are hurting. just, there wasn't money to hire people. Right. And you still have people retiring. I mean, thankfully we didn't have enough people retire during that time to really, like, catastrophically impact us as a department. But, I mean another 10 15 more people go and that might have changed.
1: Mm-hmm. You know so, and and I joke around kind of but and Jerry will tell you we're in the same boat on our side too. Just officially today we so we do our process every 2 years. We haven't done one in 3 or 4?
0: No, we did one 2 years ago. We did? Yeah. Cuz the list is only good for 2 years.
1: Oh, and yeah, we, but now we've we've exhausted our list. We don't have anybody else to hire Mm -hmm. and you know i remember i'm curious on your take i remember like the beginning of covid right so we had like march april basically all may and like everyone was just like hiding in their homes peeking through their blinds nobody went outside it was glorious there was no such thing as traffic right and then i remember memorial day weekend and it's like someone just lit a bomb in the city and it in some ways, it doesn't feel like it's ever slowed down, um, but I I just remember kind of, too, the same camaraderie you talked about with your other officers, especially for those that, like, that were working on the ambulance a lot. We were running minimum staffing 20 to 30 calls a day per unit, just getting our dicks kicked in, mm. and some of us... It's 2022, remember that. What?
0: You can't use that phrase anymore. Oh,
1: some of us were getting our non-specific genitalia kicked in thank you non-gender specific (laughs) but like it while our saltiness grew it definitely grew yep Yep. i i felt like our camaraderie grew as well it was kind of like fuck all of you we're doing this on our own we'll make it work don't call us for shit (laughs) like and we just did it like that's i felt like Nursing did that, too. Just everybody in public service.
2: Pretty much, yeah.
1: Double deuces and we'll we'll let you know when it's done.
2: Yeah. Well, I think, too, the unfortunate thing, when you're talking about that at the beginning of COVID, what we were told to do is if you can handle a call over the phone, handle it over the phone. Because everybody was worried about being exposed to COVID, Mm -hmm. right? Which made sense at that point because we just didn't know a lot about it. But then that's just kind of continued, and that just doesn't seem like good police service to me. Some t- sometimes you can't just be like, oh, yeah, that's not really a police matter. You'll have to take that up with. Civil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes that's what needs to happen. Or the same person who calls about an illegally parked vehicle in a 15-minute parking spot every single day.
1: like, Wait, what? People call for that shit? Yes.
2: Remember, I work downtown, so.
0: People call t- at 2 a.m. because they've been short of breath for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, why it's didn't you do s- something two
1: weeks yeah, ago? <laughs> it's the same thing, James. I literally just had that it's, last night. I've silly. had chest pain how long? Two weeks ago? So it got worse? Yeah, today. why did it get worse? It just got worse after I did some cocaine. You don't say.
0: <laughs>
1: well, fuck me, okay? Let's get you out of the hospital. Like,
0: uh. Uh, I ran that call once about 8 a.m. on like a Wednesday morning. The guy had some cocaine at a party and I'm like, it's Wednesday morning. Why were you doing coke at a party on a Tuesday? What do you do, What are you doing with your life? Clubs right. going up
1: <laughs> <laughs> on a Tuesday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, it definitely, and I and I've kind of joked with Jeremy and some of the stuff before too, but really, it's kind of been the thirty somethings and unders that have done a large majority of the weight carrying.
2: It is throughout I, this pandemic. I can speak to the police department because a lot of our a lot of our people on the streets are younger because those who are older have gone on to specialized units or whatever, right? So those who are feeling I mean, I can't say this, I can't speak for everybody, because there are some older salty dogs that were answering calls alongside me. But a lot of those people who were handling thirty calls a night in a ten hour shift are thirty and under. So yeah, a lot of us are really salty right now, which is really unfortunate. But we were just getting overworked and like a lot of people's, not a lot of people. Some people's solution to it was like, "Oh, we'll just lower minimum staffing so that it doesn't look so bad." Well, that's not that's not healthy because there's not <laughs> any world in which I should be handling 30 calls in a 10-hour shift. Oh, you don't because like being that's... raped?
1: Oh, we'll just we'll take away the lube. <laughs> oh, it'll be fine. <laughs>
2: it's like It's like <laughs> That's not a solution, and it was a short-term solution, but now there's not like a way to go back from that. Like, oh, our minimum staffing for the shift is 13 people. We lowered it to 10 during this part. Well, it's hard to get those numbers back once they've been eliminated. Like, oh. If you eliminate positions...
1: Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to ask for. Yeah, right?
2: to ask for them in the future is going to be... Especially after all this COVID stuff and nobody has any money. And
1: Well, that's just
0: like... That's a business principle, really. Right. Is if we have a group of people who are doing... Project X, and we cut three of those people, and the four that are left can still do the work and just divide it amongst them three, why would we hire those three back? Right. So, we've kind of, we're kind of being victims of our own success, of our own, let's pull together, let's get this done, and then it's like, oh, well, you're functioning just fine. Well, no, we're not.
1: It's it's interesting, though, like, we are victims Period. We're not victims of our own success. We, like, and we've talked about this a lot before, too. The bosses were making decisions that leaders wouldn't make because bosses were up here while we were down here getting our ass kicked in the mud looking at it from a business perspective. And in hindsight, if you're looking to get through pandemic, maybe you do just have to stick to your guns and keep it about business to get it through. But
0: you better have a
1: contingency plan for...
0: I mean and I'm not sticking up for anybody. I'm that's not what I'm doing. But you have to look at what was going on at that time and the
1: decisions that had to be made. So he's a captain now? He got promoted. So he's just like bleh.
0: <laughs> No, I'm talking about talking about making decisions and leadership. So sometimes you have to make unpopular decisions because those that's the best option that you have. Now, that doesn't mean that once, you know, you see that, okay, this path isn't taking us where we need to be, that you don't, okay, recalculate and reroute. I mean, you have to do that. That's what good leadership is, is, okay, yes, I made this decision. It wasn't the best decision that I could have made. It was the best decision I could make at the time. We know that we need to change course now. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to come up with a better decision.
1: Here's the problem with that. That works great in the white-collar setting. Oh, man, they raised the price of chips 25 cents in the vending machine. This is bullshit. You can have unhappy employees. When you start making those type of decisions like staffing in our line of work, death can be the result. I understand that.
0: But it's the same thing. It's the same principles the military has been using for a very long time, successfully. I mean, I'm not saying death is okay. Yeah, I'm just. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? We were in an unprecedented time. We haven't faced anything like that in recent history. I mean, you want to go all the way back to, you know, the Spanish flu or whatever, and whenever it was, 1911, 1910, whatever I it was. I don't see a lot
1: of pictures on Facebook from that.
0: No. But also, our country, our country was vastly different then than it is now. Our fire departments, our police departments, vastly different than they were at that time. We've never had to. I mean, we're what? We're almost three years into this thing, and or two and a half years into it. I've lost count. Um, Yeah, me too. (laughs) Too It's just been too many years. Okay, for as long as it's been going on,
1: it's just like. What variant are we on again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, they
0: won't go in alphabetical order, so it's hard to tell.
1: Bro, yeah. The, I heard the variant, the name for this variant of the Omicron variant, and I'm like, mm-hmm. the fuck did they just say? Yeah. Like, they threw a bunch of letters together real quick, and I was like,
0: what? <laughs> you, you thought they were talking about Elon Musk's kid? <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, I was please. like, y'all are, just in, <laughs> y'all are just throwing letters together now. Like.
0: Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... Look, we can't sit here and – I mean, we can Monday morning quarterback it and say, okay, we could have did this, we should have done that. Ultimately, the people that made those decisions and had the power to make those decisions, that maybe they chose right, maybe they chose wrong, whatever, we have to deal with the world how it is.
1: I am curious. Not how we wish it would have been. I'm curious, and Jay, I want your opinion on this too. A lot of us have said, even before you got promoted, we've – bad leadership styles have been exacerbated during this pandemic. It really exposed them. Oh yeah. And a lot of us have said like, if when I'm boss, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I, I want to feel like this would make us better leaders in the future. Like we've seen all the things we know not to do, but I don't know that we've all necessarily seen the things we should do. And I'm curious If when we make it into leadership down the road, A, if we're going to be so burnt out and salty, and B, if we can make rational decisions outside of like, fuck you, we had to go through this, this was terrible, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm curious to see how we will do.
2: So, in response to that, I worked for a wonderful commander who is always optimistic to the point that it's sometimes sickening because i just want to be pissed at something right and then you you go to vent to him about it and he's got like logic and stuff that he applies and it makes sense and you just want to be pissed like i just want to go and i just want to vent for a little bit right but he is the best person that i've ever worked for you actually emailed him once upon a time about me um tried
1: to get her fired yeah i did totally yeah but mission failed
2: he he (laughs) was wonderful because although we were all getting called in to like work all this overtime and we were being asked to do all these crazy things he was right there along with us and he wasn't making overtime for it because he's high enough on the police department that he just gets comp time so he's just doing it to like help his people out and he was coming in on overnights on dog watch to bring in donuts and just say like hey how are you doing like is there anything that we can anything that we can do to help you like i get it the hours suck we're, we're trying to get back to, you know, normalcy. What, what can I do to help you? And he most definitely was always like, hey, I have this open door policy. And he's like the only person that was legitimate when they said I have this open door policy. You could go in there. You could vent about whatever it was. He would ultimately give you his problem solving, which was always spot on. But a lot of people, I feel like a lot of leadership they say, "Hey, I have this open door policy," and then it's really not that open door, and they're not mm-hmm. really that approachable. And but he was he was different. So if I ever promote, I want to be exactly like him. I well, and that's... I want to be there ordering pizza for my people because they're on hour twelve of sixteen. I don't want to be working sixteen hours, but I want like I think he's part of the reason why more, my morale stayed relatively at a healthy level because I had somebody who even though he was getting paid way more than me and wasn't necessarily having to answer all the calls that I was he was um you know making that effort to show us that we were appreciated and heck he was answering calls with us to help out so it wasn't so terrible so See. I feel like there's there's examples of bad leadership but then there's also been examples of really good leadership that have come from this and I want to learn from the really good stuff I don't want to see like all this negative stuff. I want to be With rose-colored glasses. This is how it should be and this is how it will be
1: what I like about him And you and I have talked about this before He understands that as you promote your responsibility doesn't change it increases Hmm. like You as an officer have a certain amount of responsibilities when you promote to sergeant you still maintain that same set of responsibilities, plus all these as a supervisor, plus all these as a captain, plus all whatever other dumbass ranks you guys have. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, when you are the shift commander, you you still carry the same responsibility as that two-year officer. And it's very clear he got that. Mm-hmm. He was well,
0: wonderful. And the important part is the fact that he was being genuine, because in leadership— You know, you mentioned you have those people where it's, hey, I got this open door policy and then you can tell. And people can tell if you're not genuine and you have to be that way as a leader, being transparent, you know, meaning what you say. And for the people that work with you, that you're responsible for, for them to know that you mean what you say. That's huge because there has to be a level of trust there, especially in our professions, I have to be able to trust that the person that is supervising me has, I don't want to say my best interests, but I need to be able to trust that if we go into a fire together, they're going to be there with me. Mm. And if it's time to go to leave, they're going to take me with them and make sure that I get out too. Right. And that's good leadership. I've had the other end of the spectrum where it was like, well, we have a fire. Where's your captain at? Good question. Where's your other firefighter at? You tell me. Yeah. (laughs) I bet you find him in the rig. So, but that's why I was harping on the other day, the whole leadership at every level. Because it really is, you know, you as a more junior officer, all the way up, you start going through the ranks, you still... There's still people that are, it's not a great term, below you, but with less seniority. Right. So it's still your responsibility to set the example and look after those people. Mm. Just like it's your responsibility as a newer firefighter to do the same thing for the people that you're training underneath you. Just like it's my responsibility to look after
1: you. I've got my first FTO right now made me rethink everything of leadership.
0: <laughs> you wanted to go to that autocratic style immediately, didn't you? I yelled. I'm like,
1: I can't do that. <laughs> and I felt, I Remember, felt bad. Remember, it's 2022. Too. I instantly felt bad. It's like a parent that like disciplined their kid for the first time. Like, go to your room. I had to tell him to go to his room. Like, that's how I felt. <laughs> like, I yelled at my FTO. I was like, I yelled at my FTO. <laughs> felt so bad. It's, hey, you know, it's, I give the same
0: speech everywhere I go. Same one. If I don't know the guys, like if it's I'm going somewhere new where I don't really know anybody, I pretty much give the same speech. It's, hey, look, my name's Captain
1: Complaint, here to complain. I'm your captain for the day. Check out my podcast.
0: <laughs> How did you know? I haven't even worked with you. <laughs> no, but I tell everybody the same thing. Look. I'm just here for the day. I said, if we get something and it's a fire, EMS call, whatever, if we're on a scene and I tell you to do something, it's a safety issue. That's why I'm telling you. So I need you to listen to me. I said, we can talk about it afterwards for however long you want to talk about it. I'll explain to you everything that I saw, whatever. I said, that's the only time that I'm going to raise my voice if I have to. And that's just to get your attention, to get you moving. So, and there's no other reason. There's no other reason to be raising your voice or yelling at people. It's counterproductive in the extreme.
1: One of my, my second favorite guests, second only to Scott, (laughs) (laughs) um, was your, I guess, what, second in command for the whole department now?
2: Okay.
1: With being Doug Niemeyer. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple, two or three times, three times.
0: Twice,
1: yeah um but just he's another one that just gets it like this is when he told us like was it a coffee maker story for some of his civilian personnel or just like Mm -hmm. just the it's it's a thought process like yeah it it is difficult when you're over dozens and hundreds of people like the responsibilities increase you still have to show the same dedication to those 100 employees as you did when you were a sergeant over six or seven, mm. and it, he just he got it, and I just and Doug Nemeier for president. That's <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like
2: we got a couple more years. You yeah. should tell him though. Tell him to put his name in the hat. <laughs> Start campaigning for him.
1: Yeah, I'm like hey, R- we're a right nom- in, we're nominating you for president. I don't want it. Tough shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're, we're all writing you yeah. in. Everyone is writing you in. Good luck. <laughs>
1: But, no, it's – I'd like to – kind of back to my question. I'd like to think we will be better for it, but I'd be stupid to not see the concerns with it, like, when it's all said and done. Because it's it's a decent little mental workload that we were under for the last seven variants. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, and I don't think it's – it hasn't let up. As much as we would sit here and like to say, oh, you know – we're almost out of this pandemic. Everything's slowed down. It hasn't. Call volumes have doubled, tripled, quadrupled in some places.
1: And where are all the fucking calls coming from? That's what I don't get.
0: Dude, I wish I had an
1: answer for you, but I don't. <laughs> like the population's staying the same, and the calls are about to beat the population. That's
2: because some people need their phones taken away. Because this is not a police matter. This is not an EMS matter. This is not... But then there are things that need snitching on that there's no... There's no one around, allegedly.
1: Yeah. Hey, did you guys see that person kill that person? Nope. Nope,
2: even though I his lawn ain't there. mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, our priorities are just really skewed right now, but, yeah.
1: Well, and that's, like, uh, I'm kind of curious with you, like, just with the increase of violence, as we're seeing, like, lack of morals, lack of civility, increase of violence. We're seeing mostly overall as a country. How do you, like, especially in law enforcement, because you have more of a hand than we would... Like, how do you instill that back in the community to be your partner and not your adversary?
2: That's a really good question.
1: I know. That's why I asked it.
2: <laughs> I don't want to say it's a parenting thing, but it's a parenting thing. And it it's something that needs to be instilled, like, at a young age. It really does. This whole, I, I don't know how to put it. I feel like I'm seeing younger and younger kids being the suspects of violent crimes. 13, 14-year-olds that just shot and killed somebody, like another 13 or 14-year-old, which is mind-blowing to me. I don't know if we need to teach like how permanent some of these decisions are that you make, like if you go ahead and cap him, he's not coming back. Like he's there's not There's no respawn. <laughs> yeah. He's not we can't bring him back from the dead. He's forever dead. Your life has changed. His life has changed. His family, his friends. It's all changed. Forever.
1: He's camping at my fucking spawn point.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like people just don't understand the permanence of their decisions. We
1: just yesterday, we had a punk ass 12 year old that set this field on fire. Told us he did it when we got there. Bragged about it. And I... Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I have never wanted to hit a child. But he just like, he didn't give a fuck. It's, it's not like he didn't comprehend it. He didn't fucking care. My cap, my captain was chewing his ass. He's like, do you understand what fucking fire is? He's like, yeah, I get it. He's like, it kills it kills people. He's like, this fire ain't killing nobody. He's like, I've had multiple friends die from fire. You don't fucking play with fire. Man, fuck you. And I'm like. I, I I had to put my hands in my pockets It was so hard I, I couldn't even imagine you guys <laughs>
2: I, It's. I'm seriously going to equate it back to parenting Because We can talk to these people Until they're blue in the face But it's not going to mean anything coming from me
0: So And I don't disagree with you But I kind of do Shocker <laughs> Well, so, yes, the parents need to teach their kids right and wrong, right? Somebody's got to teach the parents. Right. Because now we're talking about this is a generational thing because the kids learn it from somewhere. Right. And so, I mean, it's an easy thing to say, hey, we parent your kids better. Well, if they don't know any better, because this is how they were raised. Right. Where's the solution for that? I
2: want to say that there is no solution because I feel like we've had all these opportunities to have like listening sessions or for somebody to come and gripe at the police department or the fire department about their issues with whatever's going on or, or just issues in general. And some people are just not open to hearing other ideas. So again, it is a parenting thing, but you're right. If the parent doesn't, agree with whatever the stance is then they're going to teach otherwise or not teach or whatever Mm -hmm. um all we can do is what we can do and that is get out and just be a positive face be a positive interaction whatever it may be maybe scaring the 12 year old into not ever setting a fire again
1: is that's the problem where you guys are behind the eight ball and you know the joke is like oh the fire department saved your cat and i gotta arrest your dad like you don't, you're already behind the eight ball because you don't right. have that opportunity when you show up sometimes. You're not there to be the positive influence. You're there to be the consequence.
2: We have things in place. Our department does.
1: Like with CIOs and stuff.
2: CIOs, our SROs, they're dwindling, but we still have people who work in schools, right? Our PAL unit. But again, how do you get a parent to subscribe to that if they're not on board? You, you don't. Some people you're just never going to change the mind of. But if you can... Be that positive influence on a kid, even though mom and dad are saying the police are bad or firefighters are bad. I've never heard anybody say that. (laughs) You know, the police are bad, but they've had all these good interactions. They could be like, but are they really bad? I mean, they're probably not going to go against mom or dad to their face, but if you have all these good interactions with kids, teenagers, young adults. They're not going to believe the silent majority. No, well, no, that's the opposite. The vocal minority. minority. There you go. Yeah, they're not going to necessarily believe that. Okay, I I understand that you're saying that, but I got stopped by this police officer last week because I had a tail light out, and he joked with me about Ku winning again and gave me a warning and let me go.
1: Damn right they did.
2: That was just—I don't know basketball, so that I just heard it. You know what I'm saying? Sports. (laughs) Sports ball. (laughs) But, I mean, there are so many opportunities that we have, and we take advantage of. I think the fire department does and the police department does, and I feel like we just need to do as much of that as we possibly can to get through to some people.
0: Yeah, I think community outreach, I don't know that we can ramp it up anymore, maybe be a little bit more targeted right you know a little bit more visible i don't know i don't know what the solution is but i do know that you know our professions cannot continue with the the trend that we've been going down for the past
1: i would even say five years well even like the problem is for every for one good interaction you have that reaches one person there's a cell phone of a negative interaction that reaches five hundred thousand people.
2: That's why there needs to be more than one good interaction.
1: And you know, because I, I remember.
0: And that's the evil of social media.
1: Well, yeah, mm. I remember. I I know very remember very vividly a video of you, not just you. <laughs> uh, um, I don't remember a video. Yes, of you me, do. So. Yes, you do. It's. Uh, I sent it to you. I was like, "Hey, loser! Spotted that red hair from a mile away." Um, <laughs> It was I wanna say you guys were like on Main Street or somewhere outside of not too far from Westport. Somewhere in the thirties. Well
2: that doesn't narrow it down. And that's where I live, Bryce.
1: You had like a like a suspected shooter and you caught up with them. There was a fight. There was a fight, suspected shooter, you caught up with them. The crowd was all in your shit. It was like you and one other officer there for a minute. Ah. Uh, Remember yes, now?
2: Yes. I do remember that. And,
1: like, the whole time in this video, they're like, look at these racist-ass cops, these motherfuckers, fuck them. And, like, literally all they're doing is, like, back up, back up. Like, the video speaks for itself. They're like, back up, and five people will walk closer, and they're like, back the fuck up, and ten people will walk closer. And I'm like, I'm about to get fucked up. <laughs> like, and it's just that video was pushed so negatively on you guys.
2: That and- one, yes. I, I do remember what you're talking about. It was in the 30s. It was not quite a shooting, but there was a guy who was pointing a gun at somebody yeah. else. And so we were telling him to drop the gun. And then there were people coming in on us, yelling Black Lives Matter, fuck the police, like all that stuff. And I remember, I, I do remember going home that night being like, what the heck am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, I just potentially stopped a shooting. And these people are screaming Black Lives I Matter at two me. two black dudes. Yes. Like, you yes. stopped the
1: black dude from getting their shot, and they're like, fuck the police, Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, I think y'all agree. Yeah, yeah. They saved one.
2: <laughs> yes, that one was, that was interesting. But, yes, there was negative press publicity I mean, It, it was kind of, kinda, and it, it went was, national,
1: didn't it? I don't know. I, I remember it was not. on, I went, it, it went pretty viral, because I remember seeing it, like, on TikTok and on Facebook of, like, anti-cop sites were sharing it, like... And it was clearly like st- I told you to stop posting on those anti-cop sites. <laughs> it's bad for our brand, but it's good for mine because then I talk all the shit. <laughs> it's <good for> mine. <laughs> I talk all the shit, and then I'm like, I support cops. Look at all these bad things that people are saying, aka me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we call that a false flag, James. <laughs> but no, I just I just remember like I seen saw a lot of people just uh, a certain female lawyer in this town that kind of looks like me what the fuck happened and it just for every one interaction you had for the backpack you gave a kid that needed it to go to school and the three people that were affected positively by that a thousand people were affected negatively by that you can't help it like there's nothing you could have done about you saved a dude's life and it still got spun as a negative infuriating
2: also i don't know if you've seen that video but that was resolved with zero violence. Yeah, Words. I, Words only.
1: I, it was. For the I, listeners, there was, was no... <laughs> and that's what some people were saying. People were like, nobody got thrown to the ground, nobody got shot, cops weren't rude, yet they were still being called racist. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen.
0: So I do, I do want to touch on something real quick. Um, it, the social media aspect of everything. And having, like, I don't know if you're on social media or whatever, but what part of that... I mean, are you thinking about whenever you're on a call? Because I mean, it, it's even I've noticed it even more for us, um, especially in the district that I was at previously. Almost every call that we went on, we were being videoed.
2: Mm. So this social
1: media deleter, tell us.
2: <laughs> social media deleter, I got it back.
1: Finally,
2: <laughs> did
1: this asshole block me? Can't find. No, her.
2: no, just deleted it <laughs> because I was tired of the negativity. Um, social media is a tool that can be both health, helpful and very hurtful. Um, when I started this career, I wasn't too worried about somebody putting a camera up. Like, I don't care. You can record all day. And that's still my opinion to this day. I have a body camera. I have a dash camera. I have a mic pack on my hip. You can record me all you want. I don't care. It doesn't change how I do things, but there are a lot of people that we deal with that don't want their worst moments recorded. So I try to tell that to people, and then I'm a horrible person for saying, hey, can you go over there and record? Like, you have a right to record, but she doesn't want you in her face because she just got victimized. So can you. And then I'm the bad person. Oh, you don't want to be recorded. No, I'm like, I'm, I'm recording right now. This is all discoverable. You can you know, file a motion through the police department, whatever, to see my video if you would like it. Yes, this person is fine. If you'd like to go across the street and record to ensure that they're going to be safe, cool. That's fine. That's your right. But I just feel like some people use it in the wrong manner because, like you said, that video should have been
1: an example of what to do.
2: Exactly. It should have been positive, but they spin it to like their narrative in it it ends up being the exact opposite of not what we intended it to be because that's just how we handle calls and that's just what we do, but the opposite of what it should have been. Um, I frankly don't care when people want to record. I think it's rude because I don't go record them at their workplace, but if they want to record, they can record. That's all right.
1: You should just start walking into like these gas stations and shit. And <laughs> start fucking recording. Yeah. I think
0: a majority of the people that do the recording don't actually have real jobs, so that too. be hard pressed to find them. They got to go to a place social to find Wi-Fi, to upload the video. So,
2: yeah. yeah, I Oh, well,
1: downtown has
2: Wi-Fi. What are you talking about? They just have to
1: <laughs> get on a bus. Just have to be there. <laughs> I remember. I've seen exactly how negative social media can be, and I've seen it with her. I remember I almost threw up. I was so sick to my stomach when I saw, like, all your personal information get released on Twitter. Like, I I was so fucking pissed. And I I'm not even you, so I.
2: <laughs> there I, was there was definitely a moment because I was on a call, and I got a call from my sergeant. He was like, "You need to get to the station now." I'm like, "What did I do?" Like, what? <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I'm like I'm like trying to think back. I even had a ride along with me. <laughs> I was like. Oh my God, what could I have possibly done that was this bad? And he's like, did you see the post? I'm like, no, what post are you talking about? He's like, they just posted your address and your information. Okay. So I like looked at the officer that I was with. I'm like, I have to go to the station. Can you handle this? So like, yeah, we, we can, we got it. So I went to the station and we were like, what do we do? We didn't have a policy for getting doxxed. Like, what do you do when your name, your address, your phone number, when all that's posted to the internet during a time when they're literally calling for police officers to die. die. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh my god, what do I do? Of course I'm calling Scott because <laughs> Help <laughs> like, like, hey, hey, this thing's happening. He was asleep. He didn't answer the phone <laughs> call. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Good.
1: We so... gotta have Scott back on. We gotta get some questions. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. So Maybe it's I... a good thing we didn't have them together.
2: Oh yeah. Probably. Probably I... for the best.
1: I don't
0: know. It probably would have been that controversial episode you've yeah. been wanting. It
2: would have been, like, premarital counseling.
1: Well, that's what we, we had talked about, like, having you guys both on together to discuss, like, the relationship aspect and how that worked. And we were like, no, like, let's let her have her have own episode. <laughs> and, you <Yeah>. know, the- <laughs> thank God we did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I did. I I called him as, like, a courtesy to be like, hey, like this isn't going on. He was asleep. Whatever. That's fine. You need to sleep. So I went home, and I had somebody posted outside my house in a patrol car let's
1: say one, one of you guys right? Mm-hmm.
2: right and i was just thinking to myself i'm like what the heck do i do now like i'm not going to move i'm not going to upend my whole life because somebody just posted my address online surely nothing's going to come of it but is something going to come of it like i don't know so then i got a call from the chief of police like two hours later like hey are you doing okay like yeah, I was trying well, to, s- I, was, I, was, I, was trying to I was trying to sleep, but yeah, I'm doing great. Like it's like you need anything? Like you still got the police officers outside? I was like, actually, I sent them away. What can they do that I can't? I have I have all the tools that I need to protect myself should the moment arise.
1: And the castle on your side.
2: <sighs> well, thank God so, for Missouri. Yeah, but, uh, yeah.
0: but So I'm going to stop you right there. It's never a bad thing to have an extra layer of security. Right. I get it. My wife and I have had the same conversation. And I'm like, no,
1: just call. It's
0: fine.
2: Well, yes, but who am I calling? I'm literally calling myself, basically. No.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> Scott's asleep. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, Scott's not coming. Yeah, yeah. At that time, we weren't living together. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, he was he was dead to the world. <laughs> But,
0: but no, I, I, I get the, the mindset and the viewpoint because I'd be the same way. It's like, no, I don't need anybody here. But, you know, having that extra 20 seconds or 30 seconds to know mm-hmm. something's going down.
1: Right, but you can't
2: post somebody outside my house if you're, for if the, weeks guy, on it.
1: No, the, if but if for the the guy, guy Here's the problem realistically, though. If the guy posted outside shoots the intruder, he's getting indicted. You are protected. I by lived
2: the ca- in Clay County. We're good.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so you're protected by the castle. law. like, hey, come on in. Something nah. waiting for you.
2: <laughs> well, and I did I did get security cameras for my house after that, just as like a little extra mm-hmm. peace of mind, I guess. I don't know that it really gives me any peace of so mind. I kind of get annoyed. Her being
1: murdered would be recorded. <laughs> yes. So they yes. can know exactly what happened. Yes.
2: That way they have a face. Now they have something to go off of. If this guy is like great and has gloves on and doesn't leave behind any DNA, they have a face to go off of. No.
0: <laughs> Unless he's wearing a mask.
1: Okay. It was during the pandemic. That's yeah. true. Safety But first. at
2: that time, people weren't really wearing masks. Remember? Because it was like. Oh, it went away
1: instantly. Well, it was yeah. like
2: nobody left the house. And then it was like masks are optional. So it was like some people subscribed to it. Some people didn't. And then, like, they went away, and then it was mandatory. And then they went away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Ukraine got invaded and COVID ended. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but And Fauci is MIA. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I just I, – I remember, like, going back to the social media, like, how destructive it can be. Like, yep.
0: yeah. So like- for – I, I want to raise this point, and I wish – I wish I knew we were going to talk about this. I'd have been a little bit more prepared. There is a company – that will erase all that stuff.
2: Correct. I learned
0: that after the fact. Yes. <laughs> so if anybody out there is watching law enforcement or whatever, look it up. I mean, it, I'm sure it's a pretty easy Google search. Can
1: you get rid of some YouTube videos for me? I, I don't know. What
2: kind of YouTube videos? <laughs> don't are we worry about talking it. About? I just need some stuff erased. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called the to... Washdown Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. So this is a ca- low point in my life. I just don't want to. I can do that for you. <laughs> I can edit you right out, Danny. Though, there's like a real fat shadow on the wall. <laughs> it's gonna be Mayor Nelson. It's pretty obvious who was sitting here, <laughs> yeah, dude. I'll
0: just put it into the editing program and just erase you right out. <laughs> then I'll have to go into the audio and just it'll sound like we're having a really weird two way conversation. You know,
1: it's. As we um, – it seems like as we get more and more to this discussion, I just want to keep asking, like, you still happy you're doing this? Like, it's just – unfortunately for you, or at least because I have been friends with you, like, hearing your beginning story of, like, this is great, where I'm like – Sunshine, similar.
2: roses, yeah, unicorns, like, butterflies. Yeah, like, every
1: other day I'm like, hey, Jana, how are you
0: feeling today? <laughs> like, Well, all in the first – that's a lot in the first five years yeah. of your career. Yeah. I mean, you go from – I mean, I'm not going to say everybody loves police, but you go from a normal time where it's not obviously how it is now, and then right into a pandemic, into the police or the devil, you get doxxed. I mean, that's a lot in a short amount of time. It is a lot. What the fuck are you doing, girl?
2: (laughs) I don't know. I'd like to tell you it's my therapist, but I haven't found a good one, so
1: we can help you with that
2: but even weirder about the the <laughs> pandemic even weirder about the pandemic though was like first responders were heroes at the beginning of we the weren't. pandemic yeah no do you remember that like we were getting stuff brought to the station all the time oh um, yeah like packaged food because nobody was baking brownies to bring in but like people were bringing in food they were bringing in gloves and masks because we weren't provided that initially I mean, we people, had gloves like, at the station, but... but I
1: remember people were like making masks for us. Like old yes. ladies were sitting down yes. and sewing shit together. And, yes, there yeah. was
2: somebody that brought a bag of two hundred masks to our station alone, and there are six division stations. So, like we were heroes for a while, and then two months later, hated. So it
1: was like a light, like a flip of a switch. Yeah. We saw it with nurses. Everyone's like, "Yay, nurses!" And then they're like, "Those devils aren't getting vaccinated." Like it just overnight.
0: Yeah, well, that's whenever you take something and make it political the way that it was made. I mean, you do that to divide people. Right. That That's all that is. That's, and that's where we want to talk about leadership at the higher levels doing a shit job. Like to the point where I don't want to say
1: treason, but pretty much. One thing I like about their top leader for the few days he has left unfortunately. I remember like you know those times where you're just like I wish they would just say this. Like the question like you like there's the politically correct answer mm-hmm. and then there's like the I just wish they would say this answer. I'll I'll never forget there was a uh, a shooting uh, during first Fridays. And this homicide. Uh-huh. And this mm. It was, um, this girl was hit by a stray bullet. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I
2: know exactly which one you're talking about.
1: Um, and I always laugh because, like, this dumb fuck did it, like, five feet from Stubbs. I'm like, what part of that seven-foot motherfucker made you think you could outrun him?
2: Stubbs and Allen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> I, two of the fastest people on the police Yeah, department. I was
1: like, bro. Like, do that in front of some white people. What, <laughs> what about those two looks like you're getting away? And he didn't. He made it, like, ten feet. Because all Stubbs did was just, like. Two, yeah. Like,
2: two steps
0: into <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is but, not okay, James. There are fast white people. I will have you
1: know. <laughs> it's 2022. Anyway, it stubs now that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's getting away. But I remember um, some dumbass reporter was like... <laughs> I remember watching this news conference and just laughing my ass off. They're like, well, don't you think... More officer presence could have deterred violence like this. And Rick was like, we were 10 feet from him. What do you want? More cops? Cops on horses? Cops in tanks? And I was like, my man, cops in tanks. <laughs> but it was just like, just the common sense answer, it seemed like we all wanted. I, I'll never forget that. It always stood out to me.
2: Yeah.
1: Well,
0: you can always rely on mass media to ask the dumbest fucking question. <laughs>
2: That is so true.
0: Oh.
1: Sorry, I had to <laughs> yeah.
0: Good job. I still, I
1: still want to get that button to just so you can mute yourself. I had it when I'm sitting back there, but you make me sit in front of the fucking camera.
0: Well, that's because you want to take ownership of the
1: podcast. You want to be in charge, Bless or you, at no? Least I don't. In, no. You, see, now you keep changing. You First, wanna, it was,
0: well, this is your guest. <laughs> hey. You want to be more involved.
1: And technically, you knew Scott before I knew Jana, so technically, it's your guest.
0: Which brings us back to the point of <sighs> I didn't really know she existed before. <laughs> somebody's so... gonna hear from me later, and
2: that somebody's gonna be my fiance.
0: <laughs> but technically, if you want to get totally technical, I'm texting them right now. Yeah. <laughs> so my wife knew Scott before. I knew Scott, and actually Nelson knew Scott before all of us.
2: That's true. That is true.
0: So, in a roundabout way, this is all Chris's fault.
1: <laughs> it said, bail, bail, bail. <laughs>
2: he knows that I wear the pants, so. The house better be like spotless when I get home.
0: I, I think we do need to have them both on. Uh huh. I'm going to sit back there, though. <laughs> I'm going to let
1: you. We need to clear all objects from the table, though. Oh yeah, like so. One of them will sit here. One of them will sit there, not, and you'll sit I'm in the not middle. Physically no bullshit. violent.
2: That's a DV charge. I'm not trying. I've to get. seen videos
1: of you on the internet being a racist, Jana. You're violent.
2: <laughs> well, he's white so it's fine, right?
0: And you do CrossFit and I don't know if you guys know You but said all it not work, me. You said it. All working out. Drink. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> all working out is racist by the way, in mm-hmm. case you oh. didn't know that. Yep. No,
2: I haven't heard that one. Yeah.
0: That was a And you have no soul, clearly. Mm. MSNBC yep. did a thing that said if you work out then you're a racist and a Nazi.
2: Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to live longer than them, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's like, well, she
1: flipped me off on the way out, so I don't doubt it.
2: (laughs) Did he? He said that to no. You just sent it to him.
1: Yeah, you're not in the cool kids club. No girls allowed. You. Sorry, sorry. It's a gender-neutral club. (laughs) (laughs) All letters and genders are allowed. Aren't you're supposed to be our like. Say it because, you know, I you, you already know you're going to be wrong when you say it. But go ahead and say it.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're supposed to be like our person who keeps us on track as far as being a kinder and gentler podcast. And making sure that we remember that it's 2022 and we can't say things that. Weren't offensive.
1: Six I'm not. Ago. I'm not the straight white male. Is that what you're saying? I think
2: kindler and gentler went out the window when he said "fuck." Like two <laughs> minutes into, I say it too. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying
1: you watch your fucking mouth. <laughs>
2: exactly. Hey, those who cuss are more intelligent.
1: I do say "fuck" a lot, but the IQ tests just don't back it up. Just yeah. fuck isn't the answer for every question. Okay, statistically, statistically, <laughs> you have to use because... other words besides that one. I said your vocabulary, fucker, like I, I. There are so
2: many uses for yes. that word, though.
1: <laughs> I feel sorry for some poor, like, non-English-speaking person trying to learn the English language. Like a whole semester could be used for the word fuck. <laughs> like... yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, it's true. It was like. 19 different ways you can be used.
2: 19. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's. let's
1: that's for Scott. There you go.
0: <laughs> let's shift gears a little bit. And since we're getting close to time, and try to end it on something other than that. What, CrossFit?
2: <laughs> <laughs> this could be a game. Like, I could start this. It could be fun. <laughs>
1: That's, that's what we'll do. We'll have both of them on. I'll be on. You can sit back there. Mm-hmm. And anytime either one of them says Jeep or CrossFit, we're taking shots. Well, you, know, you don't have to since you're, since you're back there. I'll win.
0: Yes, we're not doing that on this podcast.
1: That'd be so awesome. <laughs> we can make it like one of the like little DVD extras.
2: <laughs> like a blooper?
1: Yeah, like a little blooper reel. <laughs> that's like two hours of us just getting trashed. <laughs>
2: It wouldn't take that long for me, actually. Yeah,
1: that's true. (sighs) Anyway, don't you love it? Just when us us youths get on here, Uh, yeah, it's (laughs) super awesome. I'm telling you, he got promoted captain, and like went five steps grumpier just overnight. It's not possible. Like they pinned Grumpy on his collar brass. (laughs) Wow.
2: Are you sleepy? If we're gonna go with the Seven Dwarfs, sleepy?
1: I'm gonna tell you why that pisses me off off the camera.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, no. you,
1: you, you want to talk about I everything just, else on camera? I just, yeah. I can't discuss what I'm gonna discuss on the camera, but it pisses me off. Damn it. Okay. So closing thoughts. I I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> no, like <laughs> I as we like. Every, all the instances, like, we kind of talked about, like, I've talked to her about as they've happened, but I've never just kind of, like, sat down with you and, like, recapped what the fuck has went on in your career the last four years. And I'm just like, damn, girl, why are you still on this job? Like,
2: Why are you still on the job?
1: Because the a world needs beautiful firemen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so why are you still on the job? Because <laughs> we need something to compare them to. <laughs> There you go. Good point. Yeah. But no, let's um, talk about that. And like, it, it It was nice. Like, like I said, I had kind of wanted to inquire about was just like, how does this relationship work? Like, what are your boundaries? Like, just learning. And I think other people listen to this episode as well, like can kind of hopefully take away from that and just learn little tidbits. But Yeah. that's what, That's what I got what I was here for. Talk shit and learn a bunch. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, and I think the you know, one of the biggest takeaways for me is the, you know, everything that has happened in your career in such a short amount of time has been very compressed and you still have a really good attitude and still the want and drive to do the job. And, you know, we talked a little bit before we started about, you know, peer support and how you want to get involved with that. And I mean, those are, those things are huge. And somebody that wants to get into doing all that stuff you know, especially with everything that you've been through. I mean, it's just, it's a big positive. So final thoughts for you.
2: Um, on that note, I'm not the exception. There's a lot like me, I promise. It may not, it may not seem that way on the outside looking in, but it, it really is that way. There's a lot of people. I can promise you that everybody that's on the street right now still wants to be here because if they didn't want to be here, they would have left two years ago because it was so hellacious so, I'm not the only one. And humble. There's there's hope, for the future.
0: And CrossFit. <laughs> Go ha! ahead. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> so, but yeah, you're right. Uh, just one more thing, um, there is hope for the future. And we, you know, through this whole conversation that we've had, we've talked about okay, we staffing shortages, we're having problems hiring and all that stuff, and I think it often gets overlooked that you know the people that we have hired in the recent probably last year six months whatever those people that are coming into our career fields now they know what they're getting into it's not the whole hey you're going to go do this the public's going to love you and all of that stuff they're coming into it going hey this is what the public feels like the average citizen I still have the drive. I still want to do this job. This is my calling. So it might be one of the best things that's happened for us. Is we're going to weed it can weed only kind of get better for him. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, well, it might. We it's might. Only get better. <laughs> we might start getting. We might start getting better applicants. Right. And so just be, more. Yeah. People that are driven and it because I've talked about that before about these professions it really almost has to be a calling for you to be successful at them. Because somebody who comes in and looks at it as, oh, it's just a job. I'm going to be here for a year or two, and then I'm going to move on to the next thing. You're going to have those people, but they're not going to be here long-term. The long-term people are the ones that this is what I'm meant to do. So, all right, I'm off my soapbox. All right, everybody. (laughs) Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) Sorry, I was holding my breath the whole time. Yeah.
0: He does that. He just holds his breath randomly. It's
1: called apnea. Most people have <laughs> sleep apnea. I have that too. <laughs> oh.
0: uh, everybody, thanks for stopping by. Jenna, thanks for doing the show. Of course. Appreciate thanks, it. Love you. Um, Scott, sorry. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so everybody, thanks for stopping by. Remember, if you are struggling, reach out. There are resources out there. There are people there that want to help you and that can help you. Um And if you know somebody that is struggling, reach out to them. Let them know what the resources are. Let them know that you care. Uh, One of the probably the biggest trick that the mind is going to play on you whenever, you know, you're down in the dumps, depressed, you know, dealing with PTS or PTSD or anything like that. One of the biggest feelings is that you're alone. Well, you're not alone. Everybody feels that way. Everybody goes through stuff. There are people out there to help. And there are programs out there to help, so reach out. All right, thanks.